people, what's up? Thank you for checking us out, Real Not Rude. Don't forget that you can find us on Facebook and Twitter under Real Not Rude and on Instagram under Keep It Real Not Rude. Also, we are on all the platforms. Our podcast is on Amazon as well as Audibles. We are on Apple Podcasts, iHeart Podcasts, and of course, Spotify Podcasts. Please, you guys, follow us on social media, like, share, engage, you know, follow us, please, so that our audience can grow and pass the word. In addition, we also still do our shows where we have the discussions on relationships, friendships, situationships, whatever. And if you would like to be a part of that, definitely shoot us an email. All you need to join is your email address and your name and only your first name or even a nickname. Drop us a discussion that you would like to go over and we will definitely get back to you and let you know if it's something we can include. That's at keepitrealnotrude at gmail.com. Once again, you guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Be safe and check us out. what's up welcome back real not rude back with another one friends go wrong so today we have two offenders and to me i'm going to name the main offender even though this is not the person who committed the physical attack this is the person who was a friend of the victim and the family so they are the worst because they were the trusted individual and they were the one to make this whole situation take place and that person's name is kianta gardner now, I don't know if it's Kianta or Kiante, so I might call them both things during this podcast, so bear with me. His co-offender is Christian Beasley. The victim's name, Bob Farrell. And this took place July 6, 2021. So the family referenced Kiante as um, like a son. He grew up with the Farrell family. Now, because there is no in-between, There's no motive or anything. All I can give you is the meat of what happened. So I'm going to go into what happened according to when they're looking for the victim and then what happens afterwards. So Kianta says that he took Bob to a nearby bar where Bob got into a black car with tinted windows. Now, the reason he's giving this information is because no one has heard from Bob. And according to Bob's father, it is not uncommon for him to hang with his friends, but it is uncommon for him not to return home and not to be heard from. And the last person he was known to be with is Kianta. So that is why he said he took him to a nearby bar. And then Kianta says that he got text messages from Bob saying he was with his ex-girlfriend. But his ex-girlfriend was questioned, and she said he was not with her. So because of this, the family reported Bob missing, and a massive search ensued for six days. Now, after watching the family panic and pray for six days, Kianta admits that he picked up Christian Beasley, and they went up to Bob's residence to get him. Now, on the ring camera at Bob's home, you can see Bob leaving his home with Kianta. So according to Kianta, they drove for a short while, hanging out together with Christian, 
and then Christian shot him twice in the head. Now, Keonta said he pulled the vehicle over and then pulls Bob's body from it, leaving Bob just behind a tree line on State Route 222 in New Richmond. Then Bob and Christian, I'm sorry, excuse me, then Keonta and Christian go back to the Cincinnati area where they try to clean the vehicle to get rid of the evidence. So they go to the Dollar Tree and purchase towels to clean up, and they both were seen on surveillance cleaning the vehicle out within an hour of the murder and throwing various items in the dumpster. So the morning after the murder, Christian took his vehicle to his place of employment and tried to clean it more thoroughly. And apparently, because he's cleaning his vehicle at work, people are wondering what's going on. So he tells them that someone vomited in his car the night before. Now, the same night of the, of the murder, Keonta returned to the Claremont County area. And so he spent the next several days with Bob's family involved in the search for Bob. But at some point, the new Richmond police began to suspect that Keonta was involved. And so when they brought that to the family's attention, the family defended him, saying there was no way. But it wasn't just the police. Other people started saying to the family, what about the last person that was with him? And the family said, oh, no, not him. That's his best friend. And this is because they say he went on family vacations with them. He was at family cookouts. He was even a groomsman at a family wedding. But little did they know this whole time, that's who was responsible for his death and disappearance. His parents said, Bob's parents, if my son brings somebody home and he loves them, we love them. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. We trusted our son, so why wouldn't we trust Keontae? He's never shown any remorse through this whole process at all. He played us like a fool. He hugged and prayed with us, the whole family. He was at our home swinging my granddaughter on the swings while he knew where my son was the whole time. So when Bob was killed, he was 23 years old. And this grandchild that the parents were talking about was Bob's four-year-old daughter. Now, in court, Keonta admitted that he paid Christian $500 to murder Bob. He said that Christian got a 38 caliber revolver from someone, and that's what he used to kill him. And his bank statements corroborated the story because he made a $500 withdrawal two days before the murder. Also, the cops had cell phone data and it identified all three of their locations together, Bob, Christians, and Keontas on the day of the incident. And surveillance footage placed Keonta and Christian together before and after the slaying. So, the 24-year-old Kianta was arrested for tampering with evidence and then later charged, excuse me, later charged with aggravated murder and conspiracy to commit aggravated murder. Now, the initial charge of tampering with evidence stemmed from 
him trying to mislead the investigators by giving false statements about the girlfriend and, you know, the car that picked them up and all these different things misleading them, this false search and everything. And then he also pleaded guilty to aggravated murder and conspiracy to commit aggravated murder. So he was handed down a life sentence in prison with the, without the possibility of parole. In addition, he was sentenced to 11 to 16 years for the conspiracy to commit aggravated murder. Also, a mandatory five years for a firearm specification charge. And all of these are to be served concurrently with his life sentence. Now, there was never any clear motive. But what comes next is some story that Keontae gives that makes it seem like he was somewhat of a victim. But it's very contradicting. And I'll tell you why I think it's contradicting. But first, let me say, I'm going to tell you what he said. So he says he was easily influenced by Christian and was scared for his own life. And so there was no other solution. He said he did it because he knew something was going to happen to him if he didn't. He said that he was just scared and he didn't want to do it, but he knew that he wasn't safe and that Bob did nothing and did not deserve what happened to him at all. And for this, this is the reason that he made the decision to come forward and plead guilty because he did not want to continue to cause the family more harm. Now, in addition to him saying this, I want to say that the family was very devastated um, as well. And I'm talking about the offenders family, Keontae's family. They were, you know, remorseful for him, saying that they didn't raise him this way. And of course, families are victimized of offenders because they're embarrassed, they're humiliated, they didn't raise their child to do these um, horrible things in most cases, and, you know, it's terrible, you know, and although they don't lose their their family members to death, um, they are losing them to some degree, and just the idea of living with them having done something like that, right, and so they did speak about that in court, that they did not, they couldn't believe that he did something like this, and they did not raise him and they were very sorry they didn't raise him to do this but the reason I say it's so contradicting is he's saying he was scared for his life and something was going to happen to him but you took $500 out to pay him now I've heard of bribery but I've never heard of you're afraid of somebody and so you pay them to kill somebody because you're afraid of them like no you don't pay them. If you're afraid of them, you just do whatever they tell you to do. So that's what makes absolutely zero sense at all. That makes no sense at all. You know, um, I don't know what his motive was, and I'm sure nobody ever will know. But it's senseless and it's sad. And I don't believe that it was fear because that went out the window when you took out the $500. I mean, that's my opinion. When you paid him, it says to me that you, that was a hit. Basically, you wanted him dead, you know, and you admitted to paying him $500. 
I mean, not only did they see you withdraw it, you admitted to paying $500 to kill him. And then later you said you were afraid. So I don't know at what point these two stories overlapped. It doesn't say that, but they don't make sense. But you guys, it's just another case. And it's always so sad when people think somebody is so close to them and not just to just the one person, because, but it's like the family is involved, like the whole family is trusting this person, which makes it worse to me because you know how a lot of times you know someone and you think they're a good person, but maybe your cousin or your sister or your brother or your mama might be like, something's not right with them. They can see stuff that you can't see. But in this case, nobody saw anything. Nobody saw the shadiness. I remember in the article, um, one person said that Keontae did not catch on to things easily on his own. He always needed assistance. He was somewhat slow or whatever. Somebody made that comment. Um, so, and he was very much so a follower. Um, I'm always concerned about followers. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I know everybody's not a leader, but there's different levels of followers and you got to be careful. That's just my opinion because a lot of times they can be easily influenced. It just depends on what type of follower they, you know, what type of things they're following, what their association is and stuff. But the one of the parents or um, somebody in the family did make that statement. But uh, yeah, another story of when friends go wrong, you guys, and thinking somebody is close to your family. And in this case, nobody saw the signs out of the whole family. Well, you guys. Real Not Rude. Don't forget, you guys, like and share. Pass it on. Facebook and Twitter, Real Not Rude. Instagram, Keep It Real Not Rude. Email me at keepitrealnotrude at gmail.com. Be safe.